This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. I'm Kelly Stavis, alongside Steve Letarton, Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett. Nate Ryan will also be with us in a bit. couple weeks left before we get to the playoffs. I guess now is a good a time as any for some of us to take a weekend off. Steve Letarte, how do you plan on spending it? Uh, staycation. I'm going to yeah. hang out at my house with my wife and kids. My kids are already back in school, so um, but don't worry. I'm going to be watching you guys up in Elkhart Lake. It's one of the most entertaining races of the year. I, I would never want to miss it. It is entertaining, yes. Yeah, much more if you're able to sit and watch. No, we're going to have a great day. It is a fun race to cover. I, I really enjoy because it's so different than anything else that they do with the length of the racetrack, and there are so many different areas and types of corners there. You, you have high-speed parts of it and very slow-speed uh, corners, so uh, we'll have a good time, Kelly. We'll, All right. we'll have we'll a bottle have, of wine we'll or something. Most, so we'll have a great time. worry about him. All right, well, okay. with this break in the schedule, it's a good time to kind of reflect on the season, which brings us to today's poll questions. What's been the biggest surprise of the current season? There on the screen, you'll see your five choices. It could be Truex's domination or Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning twice. Go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. And DJ, I'll start with you. What's your pick of those five? Yeah, I would have to say I'm going with the, the fans right there right now. I think Stenhouse winning twice is the biggest thing. You know, the other things, you know, can kind of come go. You, you kind of knew about that most. I mean, I don't know that we thought that Martin Truex could be this dominating, but uh, the, the possibility was there. But I think Stenhouse winning twice and getting himself situated there in the playoffs uh, probably is the biggest surprise for me. Well, I think it's Joey Logano out of the playoffs for me. I, he was on my short list of teams yeah. that I thought were guaranteed to make the playoffs back in February. This 22 has showed consistent speed. Um, and then I thought I was right when he went to victory lane at Richmond. <laughs> exactly. But then ever they, since they that did penalty, too, by the way. I know, but ever since that penalty, it's been more than just the points that were taken away. There was a huge momentum shift. Um, I don't know if, if it was just all mental, whether they lost a part at NASCAR and it's hurt their competitive edge, but it seems like they have lacked a little bit of speed, but more than that, they've also lacked execution. And when both of those kind of go to the wayside, it makes it very, very difficult to make the playoffs. Even though there's still two weeks left, I've yet to see anything out of this 22 car that could prove to me that they're playoff bound. Yeah, I have to say that I was split between both of those answers because shocking as it is for Joey, I mean, to say that Ricky would get a win wouldn't be all that shocking because I think he's, you know, has come to that point in his career. But two in the same season uh, was something else. Didn't see that coming. All right. <laughs> Just two races remain now in the regular season. Three playoff spots are still up for grabs. Those spots are currently occupied by Chase Elliott, Matt Kenseth, and Jamie McMurray. Kenseth finished fourth at Bristol, adding 30 points to his cushion above the cut line. Here's what he had to say following the race. 
I mean, I really uh, probably wanted this one worse than any of them I had in a long time. I wasn't really thinking about playoffs. I was really trying to think about winning the race, and I really didn't think about anything else. I mean, we just, um, you know, these guys had great pit stops. We fought hard and um, just, uh, just going to get it done. So I was just disappointed with that. So he sounded a little bit dejected there. I think later on, maybe he realized, hey, he had even jumped up a spot in the in the playoffs standings. But really, when you look at the points, it's not it's not even just these finishes. It's what these guys are doing throughout the races that have made the difference. Specifically for Matt Kenseth, he's been collecting stage points. That's been a big deal for him to get into a playoff position. Well, it has. But when I saw that interview and how dejected he was after the race, I really think that the playoffs aren't even on the forefront of Matt Kenseth's mind. Yeah. This is a race car driver who I think his future is very uncertain. Mm -hmm. I haven't even heard any good solid rumors about where he could be driving next year. So I think, although he has too, you know, said vocally that I'm not worried about it, I do right. think what he's worried about is winning. Yeah. He's a race car driver that has been raised old school, which is, you know, you could change the format, change the system, change the points. But if I win, it's going to fix everything. And I think you saw a race car driver that really wants to go to a Victory lane one more time with Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, and I think yeah, Matt told me a few weeks ago that he really doesn't have anything in the, the works that has his interest peaked right now anyway. so And when you're not winning, and it's been a while for Matt, you're not having much fun at this. I mean, it's, a, it's hard enough work when things are going well. And we just heard it in the scan-all piece. I was kind of laughing as we came on air because Matt's not getting along with many of his teammates. I don't blame him right now. You, you know, things kind of, uh, you get shuffled out and, and things start happening. Uh, you know, the person that's replacing him, you know, it, it finished right in front of him. So you can see right here just how much those points mean. But you, you go back right. to just to Michigan, and he could have had even more points uh, right here. But Matt Kenseth has made the most of the stage points uh, in contrast to what Clint Boyer has been has done or been unable to do, maybe is a better word to put it. Yeah, and we had this conversation way back in February when this format was announced. Mm -hmm. What would these stage points look like? And I think it was you, myself, and Jeff Burton sat right here and talked about how we didn't think it would be a huge difference maker for the first through 10th place cars, but we all agreed that those cars that didn't have a win, yeah. we didn't know how many it was going to be, but now it turns out to be three, that the amount of stage points gained was going to determine who was in and who it, who wasn't. Right. And when you look at that graphic again, I mean, Clint Boyer has the best average finish of the entire group, yet he's on the outside looking in, and it's purely stage points. I mean, he, right. aver he has a better average yeah. finish than the three cars in front of him, but his stage points are all the way down. I mean, he's 50 or more below all of the Guys, he's racing, so it is a big difference and a difference maker on who's going to make the playoffs. And it's not going to change when we get to the playoffs then. So, right. And everyone's going to understand and recognize this as opportunity each and every race, uh, three different times that they can gather points. Even some of the teams, and I'm thinking of Jimmy Johnson specifically, that has the three wins, they have not collected a ton of yeah. stage points. When I talked to Chad Knauss about it, he just goes, we got to qualify better. I mean, right? If you're not, if you're starting that far behind, it puts you that far behind at the end of stage one, and then you got to decide: do we go for points in stage two, or do we go for the overall finish? Well, it's funny because everybody says, "Well, you know, there's a strategy to this and a strategy to that." And I know this sounds simple, but the strategy is to be the best car because what yeah. stages have done, while they have kind of jostled up how you could call a race from on top of the pit box, we saw it just last week at Bristol. Matt Kenseth winning a stage, Kyle Busch focusing on the end of the race. Overall, I think it's very clear that the teams with the most stage points are the teams that run up front. You yes, said exactly. start stage one really goes to qualifying. You qualify in the top 10 DJ, you're looking pretty good for stage points. Stage two is kind of 
who do you think can win the race? I mean, other than a timely caution, the cars that we all think can win the race are the ones scoring stage points. Yeah, and if you decide that you're going to make a little bit of a gamble at the end of stage one, if things should fall your way, that you want to try to get those stage points uh, and, and maybe a, a stage win and right. uh, for stage two, then you're not setting yourself up probably very well for what's the most important thing, and that's the end the of the race whenever you want to try to win and move on. And it's interesting because there is a lot of strategy played, and I've talked to some of the crew chiefs that seem to have worked out the math of, all right, which stage points are worth collecting versus they're looking at an entire race total of points. Then you talk to guys like Cole Perna, and I said, hey, did you just <laughs> sit down and like figure out how to capitalize on this system? And he's like, no, if we had had it last year, we were running up front so much last year, it would have been the same story. So just having fast race cars is kind of a cure-all. Yeah, it's race cars, but I get so frustrated because the cars that aren't fast, it's like they don't even want to try to beat the fast race cars. Mm -hmm. I get frustrated every week that 10th, 12th, and back on pit road, they follow the leader, they don't take aggressive gambles. I think those crew chiefs need to look at the the, the rewards. Yeah. If you could win a stage or perhaps win a race, look what it can do. And I think I'd like to see more gambles out of the second half of the field. Yeah. Do you expect to see that? we got two races left now. I, I, <laughs> too, I think too you're too late, late there, yes. But I think once the playoffs arrive that we're going to see that opportunity because we're going to start with 16 drivers out there that all of them aren't going to be able to win uh, as we move forward. So you're right. only going to have the possibility of three with each of these segments. So others are going to get in on points. So how do you accumulate the most points throughout these three uh, race segments that we're going to have? Uh, to, to move forward. And with these playoff points, Kelly, I really think that the first round is broken up into three groups. You have that top-tier group, Martin Truex, probably down around Jimmy Johnson, Brad Keselowski, with the playoff points, plus the what will be awarded at the end of the regular season. Yeah. They are in don't-beat-themselves mode. If yeah. they right. just go have three okay races, they're through. Then you have that middle group, whether it's Kevin Harvick to Kurt Busch, down around eight, seven, maybe even five points. They need to go out there and execute, but just single digits. If you run inside the top ten, you're going to move forward. But if you're one of the three cars, whether it's Ellie at Kenseth McMurray, maybe Boyer sneaks in, you're going to have no playoff points. You're already racing from behind. I right. think it's kind of, at this point, roll the dice, DJ, because I'm not sure starting 20, 30, 40 points behind that you're going to expect to make that up on the racetrack. Yeah, and I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Matt Kenseth is going to get in, and then I would not want to be racing Matt Kenseth right. because this is a guy that's capable of winning at any of the 10 racetracks that you go to. Plus, he's so smart that when he doesn't have that car, he's going to come out of there with the top five. He has a fast race car now, and that's going to help him tremendously. And you cannot discount experience when it comes to the postseason and yes. a former champion at that. All right, well, we've got lots to cover over the next hour. The Xfinity Series takes center stage this weekend at Road America. We'll discuss who has the best chance of finding victory lane there. And we'll revisit Kyle Busch's win on Saturday night that completed his weekend sweep with Scanall Bristol. And Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio will stop by to discuss the recent run of dominance by the Toyota Tucson of Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for one full year. There's nothing like road course racing. I thoroughly enjoy the challenge of going to these road courses and, and doing well. A lot of opportunity to do more with what you have and really prove yourself. A lot of time made and lost on a road course racetrack by very little things. You really don't know what to expect, and uh, it's just fun as a driver. 
Road America, that's where DJ and I will be this Sunday. You can watch the race 3 p.m. Eastern on NBC. It's the sprawling road course there at Road America. And Sunday, September 3rd, it's 80s, baby. It's throwback time as the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series takes on Darlington. That one is on NBCS. And I got my crimper, by the way, so stay yes. tuned for that. All, All right. right. <laughs> so here's a look at the current playoff picture in the Xfinity Series. William Byron, Justin Allgaier, and Ryan Reed are in the playoffs due to their race victories, while Elliott Sadler clinched a spot on points last weekend at Bristol. And then you see Brendan Gaughan currently holds the 12th and final playoff spot by 43 points over Ross Chastain and J.J. Yaley. And now we have booted Steve Letart since he is going to have a staycation <laughs> this weekend. We welcome in Nate Ryan. So we are going to the road course Xfinity without all these cup regulars in it. Do you see this as, a, as an opportunity for these guys to maximize their points and get a race win? Or are, are they in a situation, three road courses in a month, they just want to get through it? I think I think they look at it as an opportunity, Nate. I believe that uh, they they know there's still that chance of winning. There's some good road racers that are in there. They don't have any cup drivers to to deal with. A couple of good road racers in some pretty good cars, so they'll have mm -hmm. to deal with that. But uh, I think like a, in Elliott Sadler's case, you know, he could wrap up. Not only has he gotten in on points, but he could wrap up uh, and get those 15 bonus points uh, just by leading uh, at the end of their regular season. So there's a lot going on, but this is such a tough track. So many, you talk about these road courses, this is kind of a combination of, of fast and technical. And when you look at that, then it makes things very, very difficult. I look at it as more opportunities that things might go wrong because a lot of shifting. Yeah, and I think when you look at the recent winners list at these tracks, DJ, you know, Sam Hornish Jr. at Mid-Ohio a couple weeks ago. Last year, Justin Marks at Mid-Ohio, Michael McDowell at Road America, Nelson P.K. Jr. won at Road America in 2012. So I, I feel as if it is an opportunity. It's essentially almost like the antithesis of what we see with the cup drivers at the companion events dominating. This is like the opposite of it. You're, you're seeing a chance for guys who don't normally race. Uh, yes, I got to use the word antithesis <laughs> for America. You're seeing a chance for guys who don't normally have the opportunity to win, right. to win. Yeah. You know, names like Marks, McDowell, Hornish, Nelson Piquet Jr. And I think if you're looking for some of those names this weekend, I think you could look at Austin Sindrick, who normally runs the Truck Series. Making his in, debut. Yeah, making yeah. his debut in the, in the Team Penske car, 22, that's always very strong. And our very own Parker Kligerman, who right. has a recent ARCA road course win in New Jersey last year. So I, I think there could be some some upset specials, although not a lot, no cup drivers in the field and not a lot of road course ringers per se. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, we saw Daniel Hemrick uh, perform extremely well at Mid-Ohio. Right and, and if he can do that again, yeah, that, that was, he, I mean, he did some amazing things. As good as Sam Hornish was, he was right there putting uh, a lot of pressure on him. So uh, this is going to be fun to cover and watch uh, throughout. And, but, you know, it's kind of a different race because you You've got, I mean, your segments, your first two segments are 10 laps each. That doesn't sound like much, yeah, right. but, you know, you've got a, a road four course that's over apiece. four miles. Yeah. So, And you can't, I don't think they can make the last one uh, without a stop. So should be a lot of fun to watch. Well, and we can't overlook Brendan Gong because I saw that he has five straight top tens on road courses. That's the longest active streak. <laughs> and, of course, he's won at Road America. Yeah. And he's maybe one of the few drivers that just raves about this month where they visit three road courses throughout. So this could be a prime opportunity for him to, if 
not pad his his points lead over that bubble, steal a win. Yeah, and he was fortunate coming out of Bristol uh, after getting in an accident <laughs> there and, and still did well. But, you know, did a great job that day and then getting that win. So, uh, you know, if you go in there with the right mindset, a lot of drivers don't go in with the right mindset. But right. obviously, this was a month that, that Brendan said, I'm going to have fun. And he has had a good time, I, I believe. I think his mindset is a little different, too, from typical traditional road course drivers. I think he treats it almost like a short track. And yeah. he knows he has an advantage, DJ, because he is strong at these types of tracks. He runs well. He races well at these tracks. But I also think he's not afraid to use the bumper the way a, a, a road course yeah. ace or specialist might normally do. I think his mindset's just different, period. <laughs> yeah, just that's that. very true. <laughs> but just to show you how important these are, there's a lot of these drivers, the younger ones especially, that are racing in every series that is a support series to the Xfinity races. So we've got an ARCA race there, Trans Am, but I know yeah. a lot of these drivers are taking every opportunity to maximize their road course time when they get yeah. to each of these tracks. Yeah. And you look on another name that I saw there that we forgot to talk about was Blake Cook. He had yeah. a stage win at Mid-Ohio, ran extremely well there, and he probably is in good shape as far as points go, so it might allow him to be uh, pretty aggressive there and see what he can get on another road course. Aggressive. You, like you know, that word. You know, another team I think you can look at here, DJ, is the Gibbs cars. And right. they have a couple of different names in their cars this weekend. They've got Christopher Bell, who, of course, normally runs the truck series and has won in that series this season. I think he could be a factor because the car is so good. And James Davison, who yeah. also has a little bit of a reputation for, for being good on road courses, has run in IndyCar before. He could be a factor in Yeah, what we saw him at Mid-Ohio and what we know of Christopher Bell, you can use that word aggressive with both of those drivers, mm -hmm. too. Uh, going after uh, a win in the Xfinity series would be huge for both of them. Oh, yeah, and you guys mentioned Austin Sindrick will be in the Penske car. I believe he has two K&N East series wins, both of them coming on road courses. All right, well, coming up, Kyle Busch wanted to go off into the off week on a high note, but first, he had a fend-off rookie, Eric Jones. We'll revisit all the drama with Scanall Bristol. Following Kyle Busch's win on Saturday at Bristol, Toyota Racing posted this on Instagram with the message, grab the broom and start sweeping. Well, Kyle's wife, Samantha, replied, funny, he doesn't know where the broom is at home. I think a lot of us women can relate to that. All right, well, let's see how Kyle swept away his competition and in his way into history with this Scanall Bristol. Well, we're about to go racing 500 laps around the fastest half-mile track in the country. Oh, man, time to root you out, just like you said last week. Good job all weekend, everybody. We all know what we got to do. Do it. Have fun. Saturday night, racing under the lights. It's Bristol, baby. Green flag is in the air. I'm just out of control. I can't get in the corner good. I can't get off the corner good. Back feels like Like there's oil on it. Okay, so the first half of the corner is not terrible. It's starting to get real basketball-y. But when I cut my corner exit, it's by far the worst nose pop I've ever had here. Easy, brother. Easy. How about that? Second off, man. Nice lady right there. 43 scraping the wall off the two. We're so green. The debris all over the back stretch. If the guy hit the wall, why are we not throwing a yellow? They want another one to hit the wall? Got a flat right front. Throw the damn contact before Kyle Busch back to the stripe will win stage one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. now running 23rd. All right, we got to undo all that. Undo every bit of that. I think we're worse now. I think we are. I mean, I'm driving it. Take my word for it. 
AJ Allmendinger with problems. Left side. Damn it, Chris. He is way off the pace. Apologize to Chris. That's not Chris's fault. I'm just frustrated. Just trying to get to the damn break. Trouble turn three. Austin Dillon gets spun around. Looked like he blew a right rear in front of us, didn't he? There, we're done. Crash out. Check up, check up, check up. Hold it up there. All right, side. As I bad, Keith. 10 We're going to work on it when we get a chance here. Feel like we should just be pitting, like working on this thing. Come pit, then. Come pit. Oh, I'm not coming until you tell me to come, but not because I said it. Well, Casey, we only have five minutes. It's going to be a long, long caution. So I was trying to just wait until caution to pit road open. Get your truck low on the backstretch. I don't know what you're saying. Keep having to turn you up, TJ. You get quieter and quieter as the race goes. Pick a, pick a volume. Hit forward. Like, when we're racing and you're just talking like monitor, like I'm sitting on the couch next to you. I can't hear you over the motor. We got a command, we got a penalty. What? At this time, we have to be held a lap. We pitted outside the box. Oh, damn it. You guys got to be aware of that. If you guys see it over like that, stop me. Denny Hamlin playing games. P9, checking up up top, checking up up top, checking up up top. Denny in the 42, slamming on brakes. Stop it, stop it. That's the problem with this damn deal right here. Ball wreck, eight race cars being stupid. Gas is knocking off. Clues 11, you can't stop it then to pit road. What the hell do you think is going to happen behind them? Man, the nose just got crunched. What the hell was that all about? Those guys are bagging around to make sure they don't come off the road in the wrong position, and they block the whole end of the road. Kenseth gets the win in stage two. Green checkered there. Good job. So just you with the 48. Uh, they got us too fast in section seven. Be Where's that? Uh, it's in the corner. It's full. Eric Jones hanging on to the leads. We've entered the second half of this race. Keep hitting your marks. Nice exit. There you go. That's what you need. You opened up another car. Inside, 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 inside. Oh, man. 24 spot behind you. Yeah, tell us 24. I'm sorry about that. Just never even saw him down there. And there was some frustration between teammates. Is he throwing his hands up at me? Oh, he's waving at me, swerving at me. I don't have any idea, to be honest with you. Tell the 20 if he wants to know why my hand's out the window. Is because both times he just drives me right out to the racetrack. Eric Jones trying to look for his first cup victory here tonight. A true three-way battle for the lead. Just don't rush that middle here. Change your arc a little bit, whatever you got to do. And Kyle Busch will clear him. Busch trying to complete the sweep of the weekend. 35 to go. Jones back to P2. Now Matt was starting to struggle. They've both been top. A lot of traffic. A lot of things can happen right here. He's so close. He's dominated most of this race, but he's just not close enough to his teammate Kyle Busch. White flag come back no matter what. He will not get to you by 20. Down the backstretch for the final time. Kyle Busch, get out the broom. You just swept at Bristol. Again. Ah, yeah! Yeah! Take that! Yes! Yes! You did one hell of a job, dude. I can't tell you how proud this entire race is of you. You drove your ass off, okay? You can tell this one means a lot to him. And I know the fans love to see that. And he's getting some booze. <laughs> and a lot of cheers as well. And he'll climb on top of the car. Kyle Busch still remains the only guy to ever sweep all three races here, now has done it twice, uh, and Kyle Busch just has a knack, has a way for getting around the Bristol Motor Speedway. All right, guys, we know that tempers always tend to flare at Bristol. This didn't seem to be any different. One thing that stood out to me that I, you know, I can, um, you know, relate to is Dale Jr. going, hey, you're just talking in monotone. I can't hear you here. 
just the loudness of that place, does that compound things as you're trying to communicate driver to crew chief to oh, spotter? Well, well, without a doubt. But, I, I mean, other than Kyle Busch's celebration, that seemed like every Bristol I've ever been a part of. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> frustration. And, and the the noise, to your point, does make a huge difference because when you're just it's in, just in practice, when you want to talk to your crew chief or your driver or your crew guys, it's a, you have to scream, and it's so miserable. And you heard Dale say, TJ, I'm not sitting on the couch next to you, but you got to give me some volume. Although I think he wasn't <laughs> even really screaming, though. He was pretty monotone himself. He was. But you know, when things aren't going well uh, on that racetrack, you're so frustrated. And all it takes is just something very small that right. normally you would pass right over. But at Bristol, it sets you off right. and puts you in another world. But it, all of it's so good. I just enjoy listening. <laughs> Into that, but then you know the fans. I guess they have a right, but if you don't like Kyle Busch, they go ahead and boo. But the man just ran in four days, ran a thousand laps, and won three races at one of the most difficult tracks. I, whether you like him or not, you got to stand up and applaud. Well, let me ask you this: Were you standing up and applauding when my Denver Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl? I was. No. <laughs> Were you? I was. So you respected, Why would I do that? you respected what Peyton Manning was oh, doing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't as mad. All right. That's I just want to make yes. sure that this is fair across across yes. all sports. Yeah. I mean, you have to, yeah, but you have to give the due whenever. I, I didn't like when your people beat Atlanta last year. I'll say that. <laughs> your but, people, they don't even get a name. Yeah. The Patriots, I'll say that. But, but Kyle, but, I mean, that was that's extraordinary. You know, a lot of yeah. people, not a lot of people have even tried it, but. You know, he's the only man to be able to do it and to do it twice, twice. at such a difficult racetrack. That, that's the thing. that That's so impressive as to what he's able to do. But that mindset is what I want to see because Wednesday night when he won that truck race, we talked about this earlier right. in the week, he got out and said, hey, this is the start of a triple. Yeah. In his brain, he was already prepared to win three races. If that's the Kyle Busch we see in the playoffs, mm-hmm. look out. Yeah. Now, if this is the Kyle Busch that lets the little things bother him, he could be his own worst enemy. But a focused, determined Kyle Busch is hard to run with. Well, and this might be just the thing that gives him that mindset and focus that he needs to carry it through like he did a couple years ago after his injury. All right, well, next on the Cubs schedule is the Labor Day tradition. It's the Southern 500 at historic Darlington Raceway. And this year's race will pay homage to the era of 1985 through 1989. Of course, the names Earnhardt and Elliott appear more than once on Darlington's list of winners during this stretch. Now, on racing at Darlington, Dale Earnhardt Sr. said, there's no victory so sweet, so memorable as whipping Darlington Raceway. Now, Earnhardt knew uh, all about winning at Darlington. He won there nine times, including three Southern 500 victories. DJ, you've won in Darlington a yeah. few times. Not the 500, though, no, right? Never, never could last that long, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I was fortunate to win a few uh, in the 400-mile, the spring race. Uh, but it is just, you talk about, we talk about Bristol, how tough. They're, there's not a tougher uh, challenge that a driver has because, you know, we talk about it. We'll talk more about it as Darlington gets there. But just the challenge that the track presents with the two ends being so totally different. I mean, there's no way that you ever get a race car to handle at both ends of the track. So, you know, as a driver, when you go there and you do well, it's a full day's work, but you've also done your job, and it's a feeling of great accomplishment. Well, and what Dale Sr. was saying there comes clear to me that every time that we approach the Darlington race, as a crew chief, I always explain to my driver that, listen, 
This is 500 miles at the toughest racetrack. You're expected to run inches off the wall. So you're racing the racetrack and the competitors. But for the first 300, it's racetrack and racetrack only. Because yeah. if you let anyone get you out of your comfort zone, push you a little bit farther than your car is ready to run, you're going to find yourself in the wall. And then that car you're running for the rest of the race, it's going to be subpar. It's not going to be a winning racetrack. So while it's kind of a cliche and we try to say it every week, you truly do race the racetrack when it comes to Darlington. That place is your number one competitor because you mentioned two different ends. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure which is more dangerous because right. one and two, you have to zip around the top with this crazy exit. Turn three and four, it just lulls you into driving there too deep. And when you hit the fence at either end of the racetrack, you've really hurt your chances. Yeah, but I'd like to have your mindset when you say just race the racetrack and you've got the car really good, but that car in front of you is holding you up just a little <laughs> bit, but you can say, oh, I've got this run I can make. And the next thing you know, you've got the right side end of the wall. And, and then you're mad because you didn't think about all of that what you're supposed to do no, it's like a major golf tournament right when you talk about the golf the the course is so difficult you have to play just the course and can't worry about the score yeah. that's darlington yeah do not let it lull you into making a mistake yeah. all right the only mistake i made was wearing green bell bottoms uh, a couple years ago but that's really <laughs> i think what's so great about this weekend is how much the drivers and teams really embrace the throwback oh, scheme nice. you see eric almarola there um what a bit i love Kyle Larson as Kyle Petty yeah. in the oh, Mellow yeah. Yellow, to me, is still still my all-time favorite. Well, it's really turned into a weekend um, more than just the racetrack. It's really a way to have fun, but at the same time, go back to those awesome paint schemes that we yeah. all remember. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get on there with that. That was a sweet-looking jacket. But, I mean, it really it gives everyone the opportunity, much like the Hall of Fame, um, in my age, I didn't have a chance to see a lot of the early years of NASCAR, but it lets me go and appreciate it. And going to Darlington and hearing the stories that go with the paint schemes yeah. right. is really what makes it for me. Yeah, I think that's the thing that everybody's bought into this now. You know, at first it was just like, okay, some will get into it, and, and this is kind of fun. But then it became that everybody wants to be involved to, to you know, the, the crews uh, with their uniforms and things and the drivers. When you get the drivers on board in something like this, that tells you it's a pretty big deal. And it's just a fun weekend because – We've got to be involved now, so it's yeah, a lot exactly. of fun. Well, even brought some sponsors back. Yeah, I mean, there were right. some old exactly. school sponsors that came back for the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't just the uh, drivers and crews getting it. It became almost like a competition. <laughs> um, we've obviously got in on the fun. You guys yes. have never, did you oh, never nice. looked so good. Now, oh, did you goodness. have that outfit still, or did wardrobe have to provide No, they, that? they provided that, but I took it home after. I'm just waiting for the right time to bring it back out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Steve? Well, Rick let the me plaid. borrow that. Rick that did. was in Rick's. Yes. It was, I had to get it let out a little bit, but he's at least my height, so I just borrowed that out of Rick's closet. That definitely feels like a scene out of Anchorman. Jeff's right face there. right there. For sure. Yes, exactly. for sure. It's great. For sure. I actually, I was in all green. I felt like um, like Gumby a little bit with the flared. Anyway, like I said, I'm looking forward to bringing out my uh, crimping iron oh, this man. time. Oh, Yes. So, yeah, we have had actually a couple of the th throwback themes already released just today. In fact, Chris Bush are right there who will pay homage to patty patty Moise. i love yeah. the reflective numbers this Absolutely. is uh and that car it, that's you forget about all these great yeah. paint schemes that's yeah. gonna be a fun one yeah, yeah. and i tell you what she could wheel a race car too especially yeah. you didn't want to challenge her on a road course because she could get it done and then of course dylan lupton who you will recognize this straight away steve Bring yeah, back any I, memories? Uh, listen, I got to get my calendar out. <laughs> 85 to 89. Yeah. I was 10 years old in 89, and I worked on that race car, so that math <laughs> doesn't come together. So, uh, but a great paint scheme to, a, I mean, a true NASCAR hero. Yet to go in the Hall of Fame just because he's not eligible. As soon as he's eligible, yeah. I'm sure he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So. Throwback to Gordon. Now, that car, an epic battle would be that car and the man sitting to my left's car at Darlington. There were a lot of long 
500 mile battles there. And I loved how last year with Tony Stewart in the race, there were actually at least two Tony Stewart yeah. tribute, which just go, <laughs> goes to show the, the duration of his career. All right, well, Martin Truex Jr. has the most wins this season, but Kyle Busch has the most recent one. Pete Pistone joins us to answer who is the top Toyota driver. Plus, where has Jimmy Johnson been since his win at Dover? All that's coming up on NASCAR America. The Formula One championship is heating up on NBCSN. It's Vettel versus Hamilton, and they'll take it to beautiful spa out in Belgium. That's life at the speed of Formula One. The Belgian Grand Prix is this Sunday, 7.30 Eastern on NBCSN. All right, here's a look once again at the Monster Energy Series standings. Now, for Hendrick Motorsports, you see Jimmy Johnson and Casey Kane have both locked themselves into the playoffs with wins, while Chase Elliott is currently in based on points. But, you guys, it's been a while since we've seen much performance out of Jimmy Johnson and that 48 team. I can tell you that in my conversations with Chad Knauss, at times, he has said, you know, we're a 10 to 15th place team. That's just where we are right now. Are you buying it, or are they just doing what they need to do to build up stock for the playoffs? I, I think they're a 10th place team right now, and the numbers bear it out, Kelly. If, if you look at how the 48 has run since the Dover win, I, I looked it up today and I was stunned. Two top 10s, and they're both 10ths. Right. They haven't had a fifth place finish in almost three months, Steve, and that surprises me. But on the other hand, what I'll also say is during his run of five straight championships, what we always said about Jimmy Johnson then is don't doubt them until right. they prove they can't just flip the switch because they did it every year, 2006 to 2010. And I think that conversation is back in play after last year. They actually were way off their game last year and have been a little bit better this year or a little bit worse this year. And I think they're going to be able to find the switch come Chicagoland just like last year and, and start running well again. Doubt them once. Shame on me. I won't doubt him a second time. <laughs> what we saw last year was Jimmy Johnson, a veteran race car driver, understanding how long 36 races are. And I think that's what you see. I think they went out. They won. They won early. They guaranteed themselves a spot in the playoffs. I think that they would love to have more playoff points, but it's not worth the 100% commitment it takes to run with Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch. I see Jimmy Johnson week in and week out. He seems recharged. He seems refreshed. He seems to be enjoying himself. This is not the driver that would enjoy himself if his equipment was so far off that he couldn't be running with those top 10. And Chad Knauss, that's motivation. Chad will never, ever, have you ever heard Chad Knauss say he has the best race car? Because he has basically, you know, beat the field into oblivion and said, eh, it was just an okay day. We got lucky. That's how he operates. Right. So I think that Jimmy Johnson will come to form. Now, is that form good enough to beat Martin Truex and Kyle Busch? We don't know yet. And I think they wouldn't be willing to tell you it is. But that form is absolutely round three form, com competing for a chance at Miami. Yeah, I guess it takes a seven-time champion to be able to just turn it on like that when playoffs roll around. But the ironic thing is it kind of seems like Chase Elliott, who's in only on points at this point, um, has really been kind of carrying that team in, in terms of speed and finishes. And as I said, he's the one that doesn't have the right. win. He's the most vulnerable at, at, at right. this point in some ways. I mean, Dale Jr. obviously still needs a win. But in terms of the guys who look like title contenders, I, th I think Chase Elliott certainly has been carrying the banner right now, um, Kelly, and, and, and looking strong. And when we go back to motivation, the other thing I'll just say about the 48 is Chicagoland provides it because that's 
Jack Knauss' hometown track, Rockford, Illinois, is where he's from. He's always wanted to win there. They haven't won there yet. And, of course, there's only a couple of tracks left where Jimmy Johnson hasn't won. That's one of them, and I, I think he really well, wants that. And victory. let's be clear. The championship they won last year at Miami, they weren't the best car for three-quarters of that race until it mattered, <laughs> and then the restart right. fell their way. But you mentioned Chase Elliott and Casey Kane, the two other Hendrick Motorsports cars that we know will take part in the playoffs. I have concern over both of those cars. I think Casey Kane... Um, no one expected him to win. Now, he went out and he earned the win, and it counts like the rest of them, so he's in the playoffs. But it's going to be an uphill battle to make it out of round one for him. Chase Elliott, I don't think round one is an uphill battle, but I think any sort of issues makes it an uphill battle and a very steep battle. And what you have to ask yourself is, with three cars in, does that hurt the 48? Because now the entire organization mm -hmm. has to be spread upon mm -hmm. three cars. Because until they get eliminated, I know Rick Hendrick, he's going to give all three whatever it takes to try to compete. Well, the pie is only so big. So as it gets right. pulled to the 24 or to the 5, that might come out of the 48 camp. So all we'll right. just have to see. Well, Alan Gustafson told me, hey, all I know about that 48 team is they're capable of some amazing things. All right, well, up next, I'm going to step aside. While Sirius XM's Pete Pistone fires away on who is the best driver in the Toyota stable. Is it Martin Trex Jr. or Kyle Busch? His answer when NASCAR America returns. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. NBC Sports and SiriusXM NASCAR Radio have joined up to bring you the very latest NASCAR news with expert opinions every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Our NASCAR and NBC personalities join Mike Bagley and Pete Bastoni on the morning drive, Channel 90 on SiriusXM. And today's guest, Krista Voda, talked about how she and her family spend time during off weekends. But we're, we're not at the racetrack. We're at the fairgrounds because we go to a huge amount of county fairs throughout the year, um, throughout the summer, where he competes in tractor pulling. He's sponsored by Male, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people know in NASCAR, the, you know, the, the old Clevite um, mm -hmm. engine bearing company. So there's a lot of NASCAR ties with um, his sponsor and, uh, I'm basically I'm big at the truck stop. Let's just say that oh. I'm hanging out, and I am not above the truck stop shower. Because sometimes you just I've showered at truck stops and at county fairgrounds. Really? And let's not let's not knock it. Pete, a wide-ranging conversation with Krista Voter this morning. You guys talked tractor pulling. You guys talked off-camera conversations with Kyle and DJ. How was it? It was great. And here's the thing. You guys have been on our show like dozens and hundreds of times. <laughs> Chris Devota is the only one that shaves her legs before she came on our show. You guys got to step the game up next time you're on TMD. I will say, though, that unlike Krista, I am opposed to any sort of rest stop shower or fairground shower. So she's a tougher person than me. If you want to hear more about I, that, though, Krista was on the NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by STP. Check that out. She did a great job there and on TMD. Pete, around the, the Krista appearance, I know you guys have had a lot of calls this week about the situation at Bristol where you had drivers such as Denny Hamlin slowing down. NASCAR may be looking to address that. Let's get your takes and Steve's. So let's start with you. Well, I'm against another rule. I mean, that's really kind of where I am here. I mean, I watch what happened. You guys watch what happened. And it's gamesmanship, right? I get it. These guys are going to push the limit as much as they can to get an advantage. And we saw them slow down and, and come to a stop. But I would hate to think that NASCAR now has to intervene, guys, to save them 
from themselves. I personally think this is something that would just take care of itself. If You know what? We went through the records, and since NASCAR was created in 1948, we couldn't find an end-of-pit road accident or melee that would warrant NASCAR stepping in to make a rule to stop the jockeying for position. And, and you guys know this. There's one thing that I think our listeners get a little exhausted by, and that is constant changing of the of the rules. If it's in the name of safety, I'm on board 100 times. I just don't think there's anything necessary to do in reaction to what we saw on Saturday night at Bristol. Yeah, I mean, Pete, I couldn't agree more. I think we have enough rules. This would be a rule that, in my mind, is impossible to enforce because how do you decide what's too slow, what's too fast, maybe a guy stalled? If it is a safety concern, then that's a legitimate concern, but that's not a rule. That is a layout change. That has moved the camera farther away from the first pit stall. Maybe we already aren't using two or three pit stalls. Maybe they just don't use pit stalls one and two to get the crew farther away from where these drivers are going to brake check. I mean, enough already with the rules. This is about competition, and if I want to slam on the brakes on that pit road for the name of competition, so be it. I mean, that's like saying a quarterback can't take a knee. No, you have to play. You have to have a real play. You just can't take a knee. I mean, enough is enough, and uh, the rule book is already thick enough. So I agree completely. Let it handle itself on pit road. That's certainly yeah. a topic for debate, Pete. The other, I think, big debate right now, Sirius XM poll question today: Who is the top Toyota driver? I think clearly, Steve, you got two choices here. Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, of course, coming off the win at Bristol. What, what were they, uh, the, the callers saying today uh, on your channel about that, Pete? You know, it was kind of a push, to be honest with you, Nate. We had, I would say, the polls turning out to be more Martin Truex Jr., if you look at the numbers, but in terms of the callers, it was pretty even, and a lot of it has to do, I think, with a couple of things. One, Kyle just coming off the weekend, he did, where he swept the weekend at Bristol. Martin having a 21st place finish there, but we did the math, and if you look from Kentucky on, you know, after the Daytona race, Kentucky on, average finish for Martin Truex Jr., 9.14, average finish for Kyle Busch, 10. So I really think you could kind of go either way with this one. For me, I'd give it to Truex Jr. by just a fender as we get ready to go racing a week from this weekend at Darlington. Well, I'm the biased crew chief, so I'm always going to look for an advantage. You give me the track, I'll give you my pick. Bristol, I'll take Kyle Busch. Darlington, I'll take Martin Truex Jr. Richmond, I'm going to take Kyle Busch again. I think it really determines on what type of racetrack you're at. But I think it's hard for me to find a racetrack where one of those two, and maybe throw in Kyle Larson, though, but one of those two Toyota drivers have to be the favorite basically at every track, especially in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm tempted to go with the hot hand here, guys, and go with Kyle Busch. But I think Martin Truex Jr.'s performance on the bigger super speedways right now is really where it's at. And I, I think that puts him at the top of the field right now. Pete, who, who do you think would rank in that next crop? Uh, obviously, you've got Eric Jones, I think, in there. Possibly Daniel Suarez. He's showing some momentum. And then we don't even talk about Denny Hamlin, who, who just won a month ago but really hasn't done much since New Hampshire. Yeah, I think to be Nate, it's still Kyle Larson. I still think he'd be in the next echelon there behind those two guys. And again, he hadn't didn't didn't, didn't do much at Bristol this past week. But I think it's Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch, and I, I think in that next universe, not too far behind, would be Kyle Larson. And you know, I keep trying to find an Achilles heel for either Bush or, or Truex Jr. I can't find it. Larson seems to be a little bit more up and down. But let's be honest, when he's good, he's spectacular. So I think he's right behind those two guys. And make no mistake about it. When playoffs roll around, the veterans will rise up. Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick, Friday through Sunday, they're all in currently trying to win races. But Monday through Thursday, I think they've learned how long 36 races are, and they are spending time with their family, recharging their own batteries, mentally getting prepared for this 10-race stretch for a championship. And I really believe that when the checkered flag falls at Richmond, we're going to see a completely different Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick when the trucks unload in Chicago. 
A lot of people are going to be spending time with their families this weekend, Pete. Your plans for the off weekend? Are you headed up the road there to uh, Road America? Yeah, I'll be uh, part of the MRN team at Road America on Sunday. Look forward to it. I can't believe it's the eighth year now that the Xfinity Series has uh, run up there. So we'll have the radio side covered. I know the race is on NBC. I always have a blast, guys. And, you know, first two bratwurst will be on me. I'll be thinking of you as I have those on Saturday afternoon. You know what? I might cook some bratwurst at our, at our house because it's Staycation 2017 in Tart household. The kids are already back in school. So it's going to be just pandemonium Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'll be uh, listening and maybe cook a brat for you there pete salute thank you, thank you stevie appreciate it <laughs> always appreciate the hospitality pete thanks for being here i'll talk to you tomorrow morning thanks guys our nascar america poll question is about to come to a close make sure you get on and vote for the biggest surprise of the season nbcsports.com slash nascar vote the results are going to be up next Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Do you remember the 80s? The gnarly go-go decades, it's totally tubular. The 80s! Fashion changed so much from decade to decade. The 80s were great. Tim was on the edge 24-7. Didn't matter what he was doing. I'm trying to prove that I was put on this earth to have fun. Gentlemen, start your engine. We'll help jog your memory, all things NASCAR, inside and out of the garage. Trends, fashion, and the wackiness. There are at least two policemen that are pursuing the pace car. Alan Kowicki got lost on his way to victory lane. Plus, the excitement and rivalries you may have forgotten about. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! I'm gonna get tough and go to war, I guess. They touch! Walter, be sideways! I just hope he chokes on that 200,000. That's all I can tell him. Now, you can watch the Decades show tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, right after NASCAR America. The 80s, perfect timing for our Darlington throwback. All right, one final look here at our poll question. We're wondering what is the biggest surprise of the season, and it looks so far like the fans basically agree with what we were saying, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Well, I think what you said is accurate, that I can see the fans – that Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he's a two-time Xfinity Series champion. I don't yeah. think it was a question if, if he was ever going to win a race. But then he broke through and decided to win two in the same year. Yeah, and, and one of them being Daytona, which is a great <laughs> place to win a race. So uh, you really have to appreciate what they've been able to do. Uh, and I think that you have to look at they've become good enough that if they can get through that first round uh, and get themselves situated, Talladega comes up pretty quickly. So who knows what could happen with that young man this year? That's exactly right. And trailing behind that, Kenseth leaving JGR was a bit of a surprise. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here tonight. We're back again tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern with a full preview of the Xfinity Series action at Road America. And we'll talk about which teams really need this week off and who would rather just <laughs> plow on through. All right. Until then, get the latest news at NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We'll see you again tomorrow.
This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.